Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, it's hump day with Swanee and friends, Dane Swan, Samantha Richards, and guest friend, David Neitz. Hello, mate. Thanks for having me, Ralphie and Swanee and Sam. It's, uh, I'm not sure what I'm in for, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nervously excited about this. We're, we're happy to have you You're here. nervous. I, I tell you, Dane and I are nervous, because last time we did a podcast with a Coleman medal winner, <laughs> oh. <laughs> didn't go down great. <laughs> It didn't, didn't work. Scotty well, Cummings. Well, it worked. Oh, oh great coming, Scotty Cummings. Yeah, right. Wow, wow. Of course, it was only going to go one way. <laughs> oh, I thought that. <laughs> Dane and Scott didn't see it coming. No. No, 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 no. Were you surprised, Dane, were you? Um, yeah, I was surprised because we've, we've said it here, I've said it a million times, but to be offended about a podcast, you actually have to go in and listen to the podcast. You have to choose like, to if, it was on, if it was on Breakfast Radio, fair enough, I could probably cop it, mm. some of the criticism. But um, when you actually have to go out of your way, mm. you know, like... Make a choice. Mm, I don't want bloody guitar lessons, you know, the, the Ricky Gervais <laughs> thing. So, yeah, people are just assholes and want to see the... Absolutely. You know, the world burn and mm. want to see people burn for no good reason. Mm. How are you going, mate? Now, if, this, if it was a radio show, I'd go through your great career and all that, but just yeah, podcast would just say, g'day, you're here. But thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me here, Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, nice and busy uh, with Nilo promoting MND. Well, yeah, we are. Look, it's a good week for uh, a demon player to come into the show. <laughs> There's just not much going on in, uh, in our world at the minute. But No, look, is, um, there's plenty going on at the moment, obviously, with Neil and the uh, the big froze at the G, which is pretty exciting. Um, Have you been I'm, down a slide? No, but I'm going. I'm going down uh, on Monday. So, so first, first you, you went down. What did you? What did you? I've got need some uh, advice for some Costumes. uniform and costume. Mm. Mate, yeah, so. I, I. Well, I went because it was a. You might. You might go last because you're the only Melbourne player going now. I, I am. He's got TD going down. Okay, this year. Yeah. Ash Barty's going down. Yeah. Uh, Beck Madden's yeah. going down. Yeah. Um, I went last, so the water wasn't as cold for me because the ice had melted okay. a bit, so that wasn't too bad. Um, still cold though, right? Oh yeah, and absolutely. Okay. And I was it. I don't know how you were with your recovery, David, when you were playing. But ice bars <laughs> were one of my favourite things, so I tried to avoid them at all times, unless there was a coach standing there waiting for everyone to get in. And go, oh, fuck, I better do. I got to do this. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, was just I was a spa man, <laughs> telling <laughs> stories in the spa kind of guy. That, that, that was me. It's more like my frame, but uh, but no, it did creep in the old ice bars. Okay, so you, my career, it wasn't much fun. Was no. it? Um, hot, cold baths and showers and all this kind of. No. Garbage. Oh, that's yeah. going to be about twelve degrees. But that's, that's a good that's a day. good tip though to try and go just push myself out to the last. Mm. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Although slightly warmer. Or no, just wear a sweat. Or wear a, what? If you've got a costume, you don't have to. Don't tell oh, us. Yeah, now. I've got a costume. Got a yeah. costume. Yeah. So um, how did you come up with your costume? Don't tell us what it is, obviously. But I how did you come up with it? Did you crowdsource this idea, or <laughs> have you all been waiting for your turn and you've had this? Oh, I've just covered. been brewing for years. No, no. Basically, uh, they set they set the theme. Yeah. Okay. And um, so what's and the theme? Or oh, I can't even say the theme. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just wouldn't be worth uh, yeah. worth the while. I mean. 
uh, as it is, I think Neil's going to put extra rice when in the in the bath when I'm in there anyway. <laughs> after um, you know the pain and anguish we cause him in the box, yeah. I think, I think yeah, there's going to be a bit of extra satisfaction mm. as he just nudges me into the into the yeah. into the. That'll be good. It'll be good. Um, so what's your number? So Dane, you got your number sixty-two. I think sixty-two. Yeah. And what what number are you? I, I really don't know. That's okay. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll find out once I. I don't even know my order in this. Yeah. Right. In, so you wouldn't know. One, so I'll find. Must it be close to. Must be close to well, eight, eight, They've got eight of them. So yeah. what will they have? Ten a year, something like that. So yeah. in the in the seventies, probably yeah. I reckon. Mm. So, so you got announced Saturday night as a as a slider. I did. I didn't see you at the at the at the function. We we what side of the glass were you watching the game on? At the function. At what function were you at, Ralphie? The yeah, press. Yeah. I was there for the press, but I got there a tad late. Were you were you there early or? Um, I what well, what I would say is that I was there for the entire game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Ralph was I'm not, not sure what the, where you were, Ralph, <laughs> at about three quarter time. But uh, I was I was actually there for the game, the entire in its entirety. But um, no, I, there was a pass player function on. Yeah, actually, I was so, as well, yeah. um, so I was watching it. I, I, I did get out into the cold for a little while just to acclimatise <laughs> for the big freeze. When you've got a pass players function, how closely do you watch the game? Is it more inside? Reminiscing, or you actually the boys get out and look. I, the um, I I went outside to watch the game in the first half to keep it on ice, knowing that I had to go onto Channel Seven to mm. be okay. announced as the slider, yeah, yeah. and then was pretty much inside yeah. and behind the yeah. glass Absolutely. <laughs> with a beer in hand. After that, yeah. So, um, I, I saw Gaz Lyon was at the presence, for, and so was Wowie. He hadn't seen Wowie for years. He gave me a hug. He's he probably a bit different to to your uh, Brad Pack. Back in the yeah, day. no, we uh, play. Yeah. I played with him at Collingwood. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, I don't think he would have. He's Brad Pack sort of type. Yeah, no, no, he wasn't. Sorry, he, hang on. Are you calling it the Brad Pack? Or was it Red Pack? Brad, he was. He was kind of weigh your food kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> he certainly was. Well, yeah. he was the Mick. Um, he was like the most stitched man at Collingwood, and it. Uh, Mick used to say, "No, it's not because he fucking hard. It's because he fumbles every time he goes into the pack." So Mick wasn't. We sort of give him a click for that. But, um, <laughs> but he was a good man, Wally. Um, Disgraceful. Yeah. He looks twenty. He, uh, he hasn't got a line in his face. Nothing. Mate, apparently, looking after yourself, weighing your food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, mate, not drinking so much. Yeah, actually, not right. going out to nightclubs. It actually yeah. helps. Who would have thunk it? Exactly. Mate. It's blown me away. But now he, he looks. He looks a million bucks. He looks like he could. Uh, he could play. You know, he obviously went and did some coaching after footy and things like yeah. that. But um, no, he's he's looking a million dollars. And and you know, hopefully, young Taj is, a, is becomes a great story for us. Absolutely. I oh, know when I watched the game with the demons. Uh, past players oh, I, David's got no problem With me standing in front of him You wouldn't believe that Would you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tend to block out Your view talk. No, Not so much <laughs> no, no, no qualms whatsoever So what's What's the business relationship You've got with MND With Brumanity So yeah Brumanity So we've got a little beer company um, So we started it We started it When Neil's uh, began his fundraising eight years ago. Um, we said, oh, well, a mate of mine used to work with CUB and uh, we were into beer and, and craft beer and things like that. Um, and we'd threatened generally over a few beers that one of these days, let's start a beer company, let's yeah. do something. And it was never going to happen. But, um, but yeah, when Neil said he was doing some fundraising, we said, oh, well, let's put a beer to- our beer together, get it out there to a few pubs and see if we can't raise some money. Which we did, so it was great. We we raised about uh, fifty thousand on on that occasion, wow. and which was great. Mm. Neil, Neil raised about two or three million. Just pipped me on the uh, fundraising stakes, but um, but no, we we uh, we did that as a as a fundraiser, and I guess um, we continued that on, that on for a few years, and then sort of spawned into a into a business. So um, yeah, we're in the process of building a little brewery and a bar in South Melbourne to take on Swanee's yeah, venue. Thanks. <laughs> Mate, yeah, yeah. No. why'd you invite him on? <laughs> no, no, no. It's we'll just another stop on your way yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just part of the cruise. They can come and have a few beers at my place and then kick Absolutely. on, kick on to somebody. It'll be a good partnership. <laughs> um, it actually yeah. makes an area stronger, though, doesn't it? More like a, if, if you're known for a lot of good pubs. Yeah, what's the phrase? Rising. Rising tide lifts all boats. That's yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Well, that, and that's exactly exactly the case. And it'll be a very different place to Swanies. <laughs> Bow down to you on your show, you know. Um, but, but, I, but it does. It'll be good for South Melbourne, good for the area, and um, and uh, yeah, bringing sort of craft beers. Obviously, being in the northern suburbs more than more than it is down in the south, so it'll be good representation of craft beer down here. Uh, it, what's the uh, the um, is it a 
barrels that you've been given to pubs and they, they then raise funds? Is that how it works? Yeah, so, so basically what we do is uh, with each beer sale, we just um, we sort of squirrel, squirrel away a little bit for fundraising. Yep. And then the whole idea is how do we amplify that? So in, in essence, we um, we go to pubs, give them a deal, they get a free keg, and with the with the idea that they can raise a thousand bucks out of each keg. Yep. Uh, we did a function last night, uh, which was which was good. Just you're generous, you're giving a lot of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's all it's all part of the part of the show. <laughs> Six beers and half a bottle of wine later, I'm here this morning. But um, but uh, but it was great. We yeah. ended up raising about uh, eight or nine grand last night. And, um, uh, at the turf bar in the city, there. So, and we'll replicate that at a few different venues around Melbourne. There's about 35 venues that are involved. So, you know, uh, we've raised about four. Well, that'll bring up to about fifty thousand at the moment. So, hopefully, we can get to sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars just by having a beer and having a good time. So a few it's more. Bad, so it's it? only Wednesday now. So a few more beers to go till Monday. I'm sure that there will be. I don't, I don't really know where I am, where I am at the moment, but I've got, I've got a few venues. Uh, what am I going to do? I think I'm going out to Phillip, uh, Phillip Island, San Remo, um, later on in the week. So there's, there's a bit going on. The slide might do you the world of good, just freshen you up after a, a week long being on a piss. Well, you might want to go down again. So just put me down there again. I'll wake up. I'll wake up. It's all in the uh, name of fundraising this morning. Is that that the same home as well? I take no joy. How do I get on that? I get no joy out of it whatsoever. (laughs) Is that the sell at home as well? I've got to go to work again. Mm. (laughs) It's it's tough. I'm going to partner Kelly. She's got the two kids at home. Sorry, love. yeah, no, it's uh, but it's all for a good cause, Ralphie. Well, we're we're here at Kuyong, and it's actually a, a, it's a good connection from when it started because I remember the first function was actually here at Kuyong. It was when Neil announced it, and you, James McDonald, Anthony Ingus, and Russell Robinson. I took photos. It was fantastic. Yeah. You all took the tops off and out there. And of course, you the, took photos. The, the yeah. big, <laughs> the big uh, bucket of ice. Yes. Uh, and back then, that was like hardly anyone knew about it. If you said back. Eight years ago, how much, not only money, but the awareness in the community, mm. that's, that's been the real impact, hasn't mm. it? Oh, look, it's, been, it's just been phenomenal. And I, and I still remember when, um, you know, Neil gave us the message that he's got MND and, and it was like, oh, okay, yep, no worries. He said it's not good. And then I got on, got on the Google and did the Google search and um, you're, you're searching around and say, well, you know, there's got to be something, there's got to be some cure out there or some some research that they're doing or but you just uh, you got roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and um, it was just a quite numbing and helpless kind of feeling that you think geez well there's there's just nothing out there that you can do and um, and I guess that's the that's the reason why why why, why I'm so invested in, and involved and I, and I think why lots of people are got it, getting involved in it is that you just don't want people to have that feeling to say well there's just no hope and there's just nothing out there for me when I when I get this diagnosis and, um, and I guess with what Neil's doing and the and the investments that and the funds that people are raising. Um, and, and now the research programs that are backed up behind that, you know, the mm. Flora Institute, there's a whole lot of um, different programs that are out there now and it's something that you can that you can sort of move towards and, and focus on. Um, and I guess, you know, speaking to some people who have, who have, who have got MND in the families, even talking to other people who can empathise with the situation, you know, so got cancer and people empathise straight away. But back in the day, I've got MND and... No one had any idea, but but I think um, obviously the the major thing is that they're fighting for for a cure and solutions, um, and then the other thing is just that getting that um, that's fam- the support around families as well um, through the awareness. I think it's uh, it's just just been unbelievable what Neil's been able to do under. You know, the most amount of duress that anyone could be under. And that's the thing, isn't it? He's suffering more than most from this disease, yet his work is going to benefit so many people long after he's gone, and that's just the selfless nature of him and this beast that he's created. It's huge. Look, it is. It is. It's it's phenomenal. Um, So, uh, And he's finding it more difficult now. You know, Mm. his voice is gone, so he can't be the voice of it anymore, and that's... And that's that's up to everyone to... You know, mm. stand up now and Beck, his daughter's just been doing a, a phenomenal job. Um, but I, but I must admit, we we did say to Neil uh, when he's you know losing his voice that um, that uh, we go, mate, we, we don't reckon it's M and D that's got you. <laughs> <laughs> <Your> voice, <laughs> it's those bloody sprays you were giving us all the, for all those years. Uh, and and you know, there's a famous one where he sprayed myself and and Wizard. 
And he and he went that hard with the spray that he that he blew the gasket on his voice <laughs> at halftime. <laughs> had to hand over the hand over the clipboard to the assistant coach, and the, and the assistant coach had to give the halftime address. <laughs> so, so, well, let's pick it up from there because this is when he first walked into the club, and at the time the demons were on the bottom. They had a caretaker coach, and here's the new Neil Danaher. What was your first impressions of Neil Danaher uh, prior to that uh, that spray, which I think was a, a it was a practice match in New Zealand or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. There was, um, there was three people in 15 shape. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Neil's going off his rocker. But, uh, uh, look, look the, first, first, the first impression of Neil is um, he's obviously a pretty pragmatic sort of a bloke. Uh, but what, what had happened is um, we'd finished the bottom the year before and there's probably a group of about 10 or 12 of us that um, younger type blokes we thought oh well we'll get fit over the over the off season we'll keep training and all this kind of thing so we all, we're all young fellas we bought these bikes we thought right we'll get, you know get our bikes and we'll keep fit and um so we spent a couple of grand on these u-butte bikes and you know got them all decked out got all the gear <laughs> everything i rid, rode mine once uh, neil neil turned up and goes uh here you boys bought bought some bikes over the, over the off season because don't ride bikes around the MCG, boys. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. So it was instant fear. <laughs> and did he say, "I've got good news and bad news. The good news is you're gonna get a really good price for them because they're gonna be untouched." Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> That's about right. But um, but look, no, and he came in and he just is a, is an educator. He um, he took us to school, uh, like like literally. We we went uh, went to Caulfield Grammar, and we were because we were a bit nomadic. We didn't have a, a, a ground to really train at at that time. But we were training at Caulfield Grammar, and we did. We went to the classroom. He sort of went through how he wanted us to play and and things like that. And then um, and then. You know, went from bottom to playing off in the prelim final in, in that next year. So it was wow. it was it was phenomenal. So part of the uh, the reason the D's were on the bottom was there was a, a bunch of really good players who were constantly injured. Gary Lyon being one, Glenn Lovett, Steve Tingay, David Schwartz, yeah. David Schwartz. <laughs> so, Stigger told me this, and we, this is the type of pot, uh, area where we can say. It. So th- he walked in, and the rehab group are there, full of the stars. And did he say either train or fuck off? <laughs> It was just, and all the boys go, yeah, yeah these are the, the stars of the demons at the time. And it was just lying in the sand, I'm here, and you you can either train or you can't. The boys, okay. <laughs> so he was obviously drove real hard standards early. He drove very hard standards early and uh, probably probably t- too hard to, in, in, yeah. in some cases. And he, and he um, it was, it was pretty brutal in, in the early, early So he couldn't stages. coach North Melbourne. Yeah. Couldn't, no. couldn't coach them. No, no, no. Couldn't be able to spray him. No, he, he, say, he actually says in his book that um, if he had to coach today, he doesn't think that he'd be the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, uh, but uh, but it was great. It was great for our time. Great for our our era. Um, he set rose the bar, set the bar pretty high. Um, but um, but no, he was well, and and it did mellow obviously as as the years went on. But I do remember there was a, on one occasion. So I was a skipper at this stage. This is fast forward a, a bit down the track, and I had been a captain for a while. And um, we went through a bit of a patch where we we um, lost a few games, and we weren't going as well as we would have liked. And and um, so you know you have sort of you have the leadership meeting before you at the end of the game you go through all your different yeah. things as a leadership group. And so we go and I report back to Neil and I said, oh, Neil, you know, it hasn't been great, but we just feel like it's a bit of a pressure cooker situation and the, the boys just need a bit of a release, you know. Everything's a bit too tense and we just need to have a bit of a release and we need to focus on, on the positives. So, yeah, no, he goes, yeah, yeah, no worries, mate, no worries. Then, um, so we pop into the meeting room to have the review. Well, he's just teed off on us. <laughs> this, he's got the you know the examples of the on you know the video. What were you doing here? He's going hard, and I'm sitting there fuming. I'm going. We spoke about 15 minutes ago. We just need to release the pressure. Oh, what's going on? So I'm quietly fuming and steaming in my seat. So I thought, right, best not to t- talk to the coach straight after the meeting. I'll go down, go for a bit of a walk. So I did go for a bit of a walk. I said, right, I'm ready. So I pop into the office. I said, mate. Uh, what happened? What about our conversation we had? Right. He goes, mate, you stick to playing, I'll stick to coaching. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the meeting. <laughs> was there any big, big analogies there? Yeah, yeah, very similar, very similar. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you wouldn't 
That's the new age. That's the new age. So David was probably before his time. <laughs> that's kind of what you say to the new age coach now. The boys are feeling a bit precious. We need we need some positive reinforcements. We're back then. You're all assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mate, Mick used to go and be like, go and find me something on Ben Johnson. I don't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> find me a clip so I can spray him. Find me a clip on him. Like, so he didn't, he didn't care. He's like, if it, in his mind, and coach was like, if you did something wrong, whether it was wrong or right, on the field, it'd be like, he's had it in his head. And like, at the end of the d- clip on Monday or Sunday or Monday, would be like, find me a clip on him. I don't give a fuck what it is. I need one so I can bake him. So he, <laughs> Mick got real personal. Yeah, it wasn't about the team. It was about, oh, fuck it. He was shit ass on the weekend. He's getting a fucking spray, no matter what. So that's what Mick was like. Uh, uh, but you started with Barmy. Oh, we did. Yeah. So Barmy's yep. almost. He was a, he, he was he, a new age. He, he was his time, age. wasn't he? He was ahead of his time. Yeah. He was a new age sort of sort of guy. But he um, and it's interesting when you watch Neil Barm back in the day. The clips of him playing, it was just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was a machine. Um, and uh, but. But clinical, in the, he, he spoke about some of the. He, he knocked some bloke out in the grand final. He goes, "Well, he was a good player, so I just <laughs> he needed to he needed, he needed to not play. So I put two and two together, and this is the result. <laughs> but, but it was just so clinical. But um, but he came in and coached us, and he and look, he was really good, I guess. And it was before my era, it was John Northey, and um, he was he was a hard, hard taskmaster um, sweeper. And then Neil came in and freshened up the place in, yep. in, in his way, uh, and it was great. Simplified the game and all that kind of thing. He was he was fantastic, um, and for a young player like me, gave me plenty of opportunity, uh, which I'm super grateful for. Um, but yeah, he was um, he was laid back. His view was well, you're playing at the elite level, so you should be able to get yourself up and 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 motivate yourself to go and play and all those t- types of things. Very much a new age coach. Uh, and it worked really well for us for a period of time, and then um, and then um, you know we had Martin Pike in the team. We had, <laughs> <laughs> who we have? We had a few. few Alan Jakovic. Alan Jakovic in the team <laughs> took a few liberties, <laughs> and, and then um, so we so yeah probably went, by the time Neil came came in we were ready for a bit of a uh, a reality check. <laughs> Fire and brimstone, and we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have much to do with Neil Barn? Yeah, he was at Collingwood. Yeah, 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 yeah he's Collingwood he's for, for a fair a bit. Yeah, yeah, when he. Turned into the the footy manager role, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah he's he's one of just about flags everywhere he, he yes. went. And he was at Geelong, 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 us, and then obviously Richmond. Tides, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a he's a freak at what he does now. But I think you know everyone relates to him. He's just a even though he's up in that footy manager role, he's just a knockabout, and you know he talks to you like a, a normal human. And everyone loved Barmy. He's just a, a normal big big guy who um, sort of knew what the players because he'd been a player he just kind of knew what we were like and was was brewing for us and was obviously been brewing for Richmond and clearly for Geelong so he's one of the good ones so one of your your theories I know is a, a great coach needs to have a little bit of crazy is that <laughs> is that fair? Just, just, just a little bit. I, I think it's, I think it's handy for a coach to yeah. have a little, little bit of the unknown. <laughs> I think because uh, you know it's all fine and well to be measured and whatever, but if there's just a little bit lurking mm. in the background, the players <laughs> know that's there, waiting to come out, it just helps to keep the vibe a little bit on edge. So uh, under Barmy, one of your teammates was Alistair Clarkson, and you later coached with him uh, or under him, I suppose, at Haw- at Hawthorne. How did yeah. you see his development? Because uh, I know Pickers. Swanee's manager's manager, um, always said he was just going to be a star coach. And this was, I remember oh, late 90s him saying that. He, he yeah. always had that focus about him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I remember um, yeah, him coming down to the Demons and um, over from North Melbourne. And he was he was coaching back then. He was, te- he was teaching me, right, you know, when you're kicking goals from the boundary line, you've got to do this, hold the ball that way. And he, he was he was coaching back then. You know, he's a school teacher by trade. And that, um, and that sort of just flowed through. Into and a little bit of crazy too? And, <laughs> and a little bit a of lot crazy. Of, a lot of bit of crazy. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of crazy. You know, you, you punch one coach's box. And, you know. <laughs> but, but, um, but actually, it was one of... Um, as uh, It was interesting sort of sitting in the coach's box and, and things with, with Clarko for a couple of years. And I had a minor, very minor role at the Hawks just working with their key position boys for a couple of years. But... Um, but uh, I remember they. What was it? It was uh, their last premiership in 2015 that they that they won, and I think they went over to. Um, 
I was over to Freo and played over there and, and, and got towed up and, and got got beaten over there. And um, and the boys reckon that I didn't go on the trip, but they, he didn't really say anything to them after the game, you know. <laughs> and um, just sort of said, all right, boys, OK, a bit of a bad loss. Just go and get yourself backed up and we'll go back to Melbourne. And didn't say anything. And then Tuesday training session, no, didn't say anything. <laughs> Well, on the Thursday, <laughs> he decided, right, boys, now I'm going to do the review. <laughs> so, so, and it was it was brilliant. He went through and he went hard on himself because he said, oh, I, these are the mistakes I made as a coach. I didn't do this, didn't do this, didn't do this. And then he's picked out a few, singled out, and I never... You know, you think Clarko could be a bit, you know, hard, but he was beautiful with his players. He yeah. he he wasn't uh, didn't go too hard on them at all. He was all about teaching, educating, and all that sort of stuff. Despite you know, you sort of see the images in the coach's box, but he was he was beautiful and calm. Well, and then a little bit of crazy came out. <laughs> <laughs> he went he went hard on a few players, and I thought, gee. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'd been out of the game for a few years at this stage. I'm, I'm ready to play. I'm like, get, <laughs> mate, get me out there. I'm, 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 but but the part of the brilliance of it, he did it on the Thursday. If he hadn't done it um, before the game, too close to the game or whatever, the boys would have been way in the red zone and, you know, yep. over the top. But he got them fired up and just enough. And then they went out the, the next couple of weeks and, they well, they end up winning the grand final. But I look back at that meeting and think, wow, that's a that's a big moment. And changing the energy of the group had really switched them on and they were ruthless uh, by the end. What, 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 do you, what do you think the fine line is when it comes to when a coach should should give it and when not, as well, in during the week? Um, well, I think there's always time for it. It's, it's, and you have to know your group as well. Yeah. Like That's why the best coaches know, right, they can copper whack now or no, nah, they're, they're a bit sore or they, are, they actually did need some positive reinforcement or no, nah, I'm going to walk in. But it's usually... It's usually when you don't expect it, it's when you get it. Like if you've come off and you've had a win, but you've you know you've won by just three or four goals and you've gone all right, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Well, <laughs> geez, we did what we had to do. So you sit in the main thing, no problems, and all of a sudden you're going a fifth damage. Like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> the ball, like did we get beat by hundred points? What's going on here? Like that's where like because when you don't when you get beat by hundred or you get your ass kicked, you walk in and you're like this is going to be ugly, boys. And then all of a sudden you walk out and you go. I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> like, you know, like they sort of pump you out. So it's kind of when, you, when you're not expecting, when you've had a good win and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, fuck, I, I played well. I fucking had a big day. Like, and, you know, you're the best in the paper. Like, you know, you, you can tell who played well on a Monday morning whenever, when you're walking in, whoever's walking in with the paper. <laughs> so that was basically, whoever's on the massage side with the paper, you go, oh, you must have played well. So you sit, sit in your meeting and fuck, oh, man, I was best on the paper. Like, everyone's talking about how good I was. And all of a sudden, about five clips of me, like, oh, I'm not chasing there. Oh, this is not going to be good. Then you get your ass, you know, yelled at for 20 minutes. You're like, the fuck happened there? Well, we won. So I think that makes the art of a good coach. Well, where, you, where you're not expecting, because when you're expecting, you just go, all right, I was going to get yelled at. I'm just going to stick my head down and just deal with it. But, well, you know, what, what Nita said, when the art of, 
like surprising them and go, fuck, hold on a minute. And then obviously that, that kickstarts you into, into the next week or whatever it is. I think I think clearly the coaches have, because, um, you know, they've got to put the happy face on when things aren't going well and yeah. you've got to keep the happy face on and sure with the pest, pent-up frustrations, <laughs> this is my opportunity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's feeling good, great. Bang, you, I'm yeah. going for it. Can I? Actually, talking about putting the happy face on, one of the uh, transformations during your career with Neil was that he became the reverend. He did. And he was very much able to just switch on. He'd go into a... Well, I remember back in the SEN days, he'd walk in and... G'day, how are you? And then the microphone... G'day, Billy! And he, he was playing... But he was playing a role, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah look... Promoting yeah, the club. He, yeah, look, he was. He was. Um, well, it was, it was an interesting period of time, I suppose, at the, at the Melbourne Footy Club uh, with Neil. And, um, you know, we had... Gee, we had salary cap um, issues where we couldn't get into the draft. We had um, multiple CEOs. We had multiple presidents. <laughs> and, you know, it takes a stable club to win a flag at the end of the yeah. day. And we, we didn't have that. But um, I guess what Neil realised is, well, there's a bit going on of, um, up above me, but I'm going to be the voice. I'm going to be the man. I'm going to be the stability of the, of the Melbourne Footy Club. And um, so reluctantly, I don't think it was his, yeah. his natural thing, but he said, no, I need to, for the sake of my team and my club, I need to be the, the voice and turn himself into the, into the reverend. <laughs> and uh, No, look, he just gave Melbourne supporters a lot of hope and he was a, he was, uh, a lot of positivity in that, in that time. Uh, Swanee often says one of the best parts of play, playing in the premiership is that the club organises catch-ups for you. Mm-hmm. And by extension, through the tragedy of what Neil's had to deal with, has it been, able, uh, been a position for you guys to reflect that actually we did have a great group Good group of mates, and now there's almost an excuse to catch up without having that premiership reunion. Yeah, look, we, we um, obviously you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't get um, get to do those types of things. But but we um, we as a group uh, try to try to catch up relatively regularly. We've got a um, we've got a Saturday morning running group around the town, which I think I've been to twice this year. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work when you sell a beer, Swanee. Friday nights yeah. and then get up for the Saturday morning run. doesn't always happen. but I went to one. So there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a split, isn't there? There's actual players, ex-players who, who want to stay fit and there's others who want to go there for the breakfast. Well, I, I think the reality, how it started was it's really a breakfast group. Um, so the, the, we, we went for a couple of runs a few years back and then the rule was brought in that uh, one person buys breakfast for everybody. So if there's five people turn up, you buy five breakfasts and the idea being that if you've just bought five breakfasts, you're coming next week because you want to get your free breakfast back. We're all tight asses. So, um, so that was the, that was the, um, the premise of the whole thing and that's how that's how it runs and uh, so we've got Rod Grinter comes along he's he, man, he's the spreadsheet sheet king <laughs> he's, got, he's got five years of data about who's paid and who hasn't paid um, but no look it's it's a good fun thing that, that helps to keep us together and, and things like that and obviously as you say with Neil and um, and the family we've got the Danaher Drive that happens every year so we get a couple of cars together and make sure we go on that support support his uh, the, the Danaher Drive that goes out to regional towns so, um, yeah, we, we use those occasions to catch up whenever we can. Uh, and back to the Ds now winning a premiership, but they actually embraced your group early last year, didn't they, as far as... Uh, didn't they do the, the current team and, the, and that breakfast group running training together? No, it was, look, it was fantastic. It was really good. So, um, so yeah, we... Um, that would have been a big, expensive bill. <laughs> put the bill there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, uh, but, no, look, we, uh, it, was, it, was, it was good, so... Maxi Gorn um, and and Goody, um, sort of were the instigators of that. They and it was on the back of COVID. You know, they had that the first year of COVID where they were in the bubble, yep. and the idea was um, was that you know you get pretty insular when you're just travelling around and living in a hotel together, and you sort of forget what the club is all about. But it was all about um, um, bringing in the history of the footy club. Um, Pointing out to the players that it's more than just about them; it's a whole club, uh, a lot of fans, staff, past players, all that kind of thing, and just embracing, embracing that that history. And um, and Goody spoke about you know respecting the game and all those kind of themes that obviously underpinned their year. So um, and obviously it went beautifully, absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so we had a, we we joined the um, the current players for some hill runs. <laughs> which was and which was just a bit of a Sunday morning stroll for them, yeah. or Sunday yeah, morning stroll. There's a few of us that uh, need the, <laughs> we need the pacemaker ready, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, they they chose to embrace the the past players, and 
how, how did you see the way because they came, they were being proactive? I suppose my question because I suppose as a past player you, you're always there. Do, do I want to be part of this? Do I want to not? But they, it seemed like they wanted to be embrace the past players. Yeah, they did. Look, and and um, yeah, as as I said, it was uh, it was all about just um, just respecting the environment and and things like that. So um, no, it was look, it was, it was it was great for us to be able to um, to feel like we're part of it. Um, and then you know, as the year unfolded, we had our past player WhatsApp group. We we actually embraced a whole lot of players from different eras you know we had some unsuccessful times between in the 70s and 80s yes a lot of a lot of those past players well, you were a Kilda fan were you? I was up. growing yeah, up yeah, yeah yeah until I um, had to play <laughs> I had to play, just like digress for a yeah, second please. had to uh, first game against the Saints I had to stand Stewie Lowe who was one of my <laughs> idols and Barmy who's yeah. the coach said uh, so just play on one of your idols and Stewie Lowe and when you get the opportunity at centre half back just drop off of him and stand in a hole in between Plugger and the footy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, mate, I'm a secured I see what happens to blokes who do that. <laughs> so, no, thanks. So, yeah, I, I, I stuck pretty close to Shui Lowe that day. <laughs> 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 it was just too dangerous. Absolutely. But, sorry, you were saying with the past players. Yeah, so, so but we had those periods through the uh, 80s, 70s and 80s. And um, But what it did do, it just... Um, and Rod Grinter was the catalyst of this, but but he just uh, all, all of those past players came back in the club, start re-engaging again. It was just a uh, a great thing to you know a, a club building sort of um, year, if you like. How'd you cope with winning a premiership? I was getting mm-hmm. random bursts of happy tears. You didn't sneak over there, did you? Yeah. I didn't. Drive no. away over there. No. No, no, no. friends. Yeah. No. no, a stint in the clink over there didn't, didn't appeal to no. me. But uh, no, no, I, I I didn't. But um, but uh, you know, I managed. We're in the bubble. We're yeah. in, I was in. I stayed in the bubble. There was one of my mates that was sort of in the bubble, so I managed to just sort of sneak around and say get out of him, which was nice. But um, but uh, yeah, on the phone, happy tears, all that kind of thing. It was great. Fantastic. So, Swanee often talks about the uh, Victoria Park. Now, now, how rundown was Victoria Park when you were there? Oh, mate, it was it was walk down. That's how it wasn't run down. It was uh, it was in the spa. Yeah, Steve McKee got legionnaires disease in the spa. That's how well it was going. Was um, the junction over all the equivalent? It was a disgrace. Well, 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 the junction level was horrible. It, 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 it was rats and all that sort of stuff going around. It was, it was horrendous. But then, as I said earlier, we we uh, in the cricket season we got kicked out of the junction level, so we had to just go find somewhere else to train. And um, and so one of those places was when you'd already moved out of there. So oh. I, I imagine when when the pies were there training, someone would clean the place, right? <laughs> and it was still horrendous. <laughs> well, once you'd vacated, we then we then sort of did some pre seasons there. Oh. I don't think there was any cleanness or anything like that. It was it was horrendous. Wasn't good, was it? It was no. not not much fun. But uh, yeah, no, Swanee's boxing. Uh, who was the best? Did you hear this? I did hear that, yeah. 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 Take it on Killer Coons. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Attempting to box. So, (laughs) boxing, but yeah, we'll see how we go. I've got eight weeks. Who who was your go to in in the ring? Uh, How'd you rate yourself? We, we, uh, no, I was good on the pads. Really good on the pads (laughs) with that one whacking back at me. Yeah, absolutely. Really strong. Um, But uh, we had probably Brett Maloney was the was the main man. He right. he, he was uh, he was pretty handy with uh, with the gloves, and he'd actually take a few of the young boys back down to Waterball, where he's from, and um, get in the ring with. Well, we had the boxing coach Rudy Ryan. He'd he'd go and take the, all the young boys and um, and toughen them up, if you like, down <laughs> at Waterball, which was which was good fun. Can't We're do it anymore. No, no, there's no, no boxing can't, allowed. Can't, not allowed. No, not for. I don't know because concussion rate. Fo- well, there's football is just. These young kids are too precious these days. I don't know how to punch in there. I remember one of the, when one of the well, this is how two thousand maybe three, four, five when we were at Vic Park, and you obviously couldn't do this now. The, the the boys went out on the Wednesday night down the harp in in Q and got pepper sprayed and like had, had a punch on or whatever's like the shores, the cloaks, fucking <laughs> like, like a couple of people lived out that way and you know all, all no punishment. All there was is that all the blokes who. Which now that'd be a sackable offence just about now yeah. drinking on a Wednesday before a game, like getting pepper sprayed and stuff. But um, like on the, the next day or the day after, they had to just come in. We had to come in, you know, the old six in the morning. Like, and they had they had two gloves, and there was two blokes in there with one glove each, and they were told to like beat the shit out of them. It was um, it was frightening. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but someone started to cry, and someone's dad came in and complained. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think you'll give me that away a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So it was um, now times have changed, but yeah. 
uh, that was my first memory of fucking boxing at the footy club. Was like, fuck, I'm, just don't get pepper sprayed, don't, don't get pepper sprayed. Number one rule. Yeah, absolutely. Still haven't yet to this day. Touch wood. Yeah, I've yeah avoided the pepper spray. All the mates. How much did you sympathise with Dyson Heppel a few weeks ago, having to be the captain when when the sides on the bottom of the ladder and things not going well? You, you had great times in the finals, and you also had tough times. When you have to be the guy that goes into the media, fuck right, I've got to talk all this shit. And there's nothing that you can actually do in an interview, is there? No, no. Look, there's there's not, there's not. Um, but it, it is always difficult when you've got to, but you got to face the music. You yeah. got to, you got to be real about it, and understand where where you're at. But um, yeah, it's um, it, look, it's always difficult when you're when you're in that position. But um, um, what do you do? You just got to focus on the on the positives that that you can find and look for growth and and those types. Were of you things a smiler like, after a game if yeah. you've been beaten? Uh, no, 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 I wasn't a smiler. Like patting no, on the back and stuff like that. No, no. I was a bit grumpy after yeah. after after a loss. So um, yeah, no. no. Uh, but after a win, did I remember you come up to the, to the coterie in your footy gear? We we did. That, that, I don't know. You used to, you used to do this at the pies, but we we would. Um, that was that was just part and parcel of the of the game. You know, I guess what we didn't do, we didn't. In my era, we we were sort of beyond or past that time where you go into the opposition room and, and have a beer with the yeah. opposition. But we would. We'd um, we'd finish the game. We'd, we wouldn't even have a shower, but we'd be into all the different sponsor yeah. groups and coterie rooms, and um, ch- chatting about the game. And that was always fun yeah. after a loss. <laughs> yeah, we'd have like right across when I was playing for a few years, right across the road from the rooms. So, like there'd be friends and family down there. You'd, you'd go in there and yep. have a wine or a beer or you know water and some some other party pies, or whatever it is after a game. But yeah, there certainly wasn't going up to the. To the behind the glass and then speaking <laughs> after a game. So yeah. we, well, we have to go straight back to the footy club and do recovery. What were you like before a game? You, you used to be a bit nervous, wouldn't you? Is that the way you'd, you'd approach it? Yeah, look, I, I, um, I was probably pretty fairly intense, I guess, before yeah. before the game. Um, yeah, and I had a couple of moments for. A, well, I had a bit of a um, uh, over the career because I vomited a few times just just out of you know trying to get myself up and nervous nervous for the for the contest or whatever the case is. And um, but it was more of an eating thing for me. I was just finding that I was eating too close to the game, and because I was getting myself up too 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 high too early, I couldn't actually digest properly. So I'd, <laughs> so early in my career, I had a, a bit of a. Uh, a habit of uh, vomiting, <laughs> yeah. which is not much fun for sure. for my teammates or my opponents, probably. <laughs> but, um, but I ended up getting on top of that in in the end because that wasn't sort of your go, was it? Not no, I was pretty relaxed more, before more a game. Two hours, yeah. is that? Yeah. Well, I, I the only thing I, I I wanted to be rushed, so I didn't have to think about it. So I tried to get there late, walk, get clothes, get dressed late, go out late. But because like, I. For starters, uh, the tackling and stuff before a game always bothered me. I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to. I want to avoid getting tackled during a game. Why would I want to do it now? I was like, so I'd always like try and sneak off into the room and like there should always be like one spare. Cause they'd be like, where the fuck's the other bloke? I'd be sitting in the room just waiting for the tackling and that to be over and like the bumping because I just tried to avoid it all game. But, but no, but I was pretty. Pretty relaxed before a game. Leon Davis was he your sort of game? Yeah, no, match me, him, <laughs> sort of Heath. John, I we're all we're all sort of pretty relaxed. We just sat there and just talked shit before a game. I tried not to think about a game. I only had two hours of brain power in me, so <laughs> didn't want to be fucking stewing on the game for two hours before. Just, well, as soon as the ball bounced, go right. This is what we got to do. And then as soon as the game finished, forget about it till next Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I wish that I could have been more more like that in the end. But back in the day, I remember you know as I was growing up through the footy club, Gary Lyon would, would be just be fired up and you know just. Just blood curling kind of stuff before the game, and he, and he was all about getting up to that red line, and I guess he sort of uh, learned through through osmosis in a, in a way. But uh, but look at the way the guys prepare now, and everyone does seem they're up there smiling. Yeah, they're medita- so they're in the meditation yeah. rooms yeah, and yeah, bringing each other down. Could have helped me because it's pretty, <laughs> pretty stressed out there before the game. Could have played a bit, bit better potentially. But. Well, actually, yeah, so compare like a Maxi Gorn, who's obviously a great captain like you were, but um, remember before the. Might have been the Geelong game. And he puts out the high five and his teammate misses him and he just starts laughing and all that. And that's probably an example about the difference. I, I didn't remember you laughing before a game. No, no, it was, <laughs> it was all very, very, very intense. 
Um, but yeah, look, it's great. I think it's great that they actually yeah. enjoy it. They're actually enjoying the game. It's going to help them. Um, and I suppose that it's just so twenty four seven these days. The game you have to. I would have thought because it's just it's a super intense game. Even the build up throughout the week now with all the all the meetings and all the things, the reviews. There's well, as I was saying at the Hawks, it was it was interesting because you got Clarko was the coach for giving him a review. Then you got a forward line coach giving him a view a review. Then you got a development coach giving him a review. And then I'm going, what am I doing? <laughs> Do I need to get the video out again? It's uh, there's a lot that get, that goes. Everyone on. needs to justify their job, so everyone's trying to get their fucking twenty minutes of vision in. Yeah, that's right. So I, I sacked the vision and just <laughs> just went on the track and did some practical yeah. stuff in Lovely. the end. But um, um, but yeah, it's it's intense, you know, AFL footy these days. So um, they need to need to enjoy it. Yeah. How, how much have you seen Simon Goodwin in that in that prison? Because obviously he seems like seems as an outsider, a relationship type of coach rather than the little bit crazy theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, um, he, he does, he yeah. does. But, um, but you know, I, I, there's there's probably a little bit in there within Goody as well. Yeah. He doesn't give much away. It's yeah. fair fair to say. But look, he, he's obviously oh, geez, he had a tough tough year um, a couple of years ago before winning the the flag. But um, but he came through obviously in flying colours. And um, he, look, he's a good human. They all seem to seem to love him and respect him. But I guess that's where. Where well, you can, when you've got that respect, um, and they know the players know that there's a bit of care there, you probably can go a little bit, a bit harder mm-hmm. at times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was announced that you were the slider on the rush hour, I don't know, were you listening to the rush hour during the week with Billy Brownless and James Brayshaw? No. <laughs> you, you, well, you, this is your chance to confirm or deny this because when it was announced that you were a slider, Billy brought up an incident with the police at your house. Police at my house, okay. When you got r- robbed. Is it true? Is it true or false? <laughs> well, it is. It is true. It is true. That you yes. got robbed. We got robbed. Yeah. And yeah. the police so, said. So well, well, first of all, so we, um, so we, we were out. Who's we? Sorry, who's so the sherry? Me, me and my housemate David Swartz claims that he was there every sportsman's night that every he goes. <laughs> he he puts himself right there. Yeah. And you know when it's not true, but he said it that many times. <laughs> he genuinely believes it's true. <laughs> so he's not he's not lying. He just. Genuinely thinks he was there, but he actually wasn't. <laughs> but we came. Uh, I'll be there the next sports was <laughs> <night>. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, me and my housemate, uh, mate from uni, but we came home after a few beers out somewhere, and um, we walked into the house. You know, wandered through, go into the kitchen, didn't suspect anything, and then we <laughs> go into the fridge. And um, a, a week earlier, I did a um, like a footy clinic type thing for someone as a bit of a favour, and they didn't pay me in cash. So I wasn't expecting anything anyway. I just did it as a, as a favour. Um, he said, "Oh, we've got no cash, but we've got all these caramello koalas." <laughs> <laughs> and my housemate, in particular, oh, I've got yeah, buddy, no worries. We'll take the caramellos, <laughs> whack them in the fridge. So anyway, we've come home. We've, we've had a few, and we, we open up the fridge. Where's the Calamaro ko- <laughs> koalas? They're gone missing. And then we go, hang on, the TV's gone. So, <laughs> so, so, um, so what was I? I would have been 20, I reckon. Um, and then the next we ran the cops or whatever they came. would have been a big TV to carry out back then too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not your thin waves <laughs> under the arm. They've, they've, they've surveilled the house. They've, they've, yeah. they've watched our movements for sure because there's yeah, the big, big items. And then yeah, the next day they so said the cop the cops um, come around and they're sort of looking around the the, the house, and they've gone oh Jesus you know the bastards have ransacked the place too, and uh, me and my housemate looked at each other and go. Nah, not really. <laughs> it wasn't. The cleanliness does not number one on our priorities as a twenty-year-old. Uh, so, what's family life for you now? You said a couple of d- daughters, is that right? Two, d- two yeah, daughters, daughter. yeah, two. So they're um, almost four and almost eight. So uh, two young girls, which is, which is great. So Swanee said, uh, as a young father, and Sam's a young mother, but uh, as in their their kids, young. Uh, you said, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Thank fuck you weren't a parent during your playing oh, yeah. days. I don't know how you play. I don't know how these professionals play AFL with with children. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm with you. I'd have to have stayed in a hotel the night before, the night after, maybe midweek. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I remember uh, Max's teammate Todd Viney, yeah. and he, so he had Jack obviously and, and Max, and Todd, Todd had a bit of an issue after he finished playing footy because while he was playing footy, he'd go to bed, but he'd have earplugs in mm. all, all the time while he was playing footy, so he could sleep and all that sort of stuff. So the, you know, the, he, he didn't know anything about the midnight feeds and this yeah. and that, whatever. <laughs> 
And then as soon as his footy career finished, his wife said, Meg, she goes, mate, take those earplugs out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he couldn't sleep for about four years. <laughs> he had no yeah, idea. Mate, it's crazy. I don't know how they do it. Like the early mornings, the nights. <laughs> yeah, they're better men than me. Better men than me. Sam just <laughs> wow. And, and, and it'd be a shock to you that... that Jack has grown into being a rather rather strong young fella. Oh mate, he was unbelievable. He was <laughs> talking about him around the club as a oh, three-year-old. He was headbutting people <laughs> <laughs> as he was three or four. He'd be, he was brutal as a young kid. <laughs> I remember I went, I went around uh, to Toddy. He was living. Toddy was living in a chuka at the time and went around to his place. And um, they had they had like a little split level of the of the lounge or whatever. So, you know, there was two steps to go down. Anyway, young Max, his little brother, sort of on the bottom floor and um, they're mucking around running. Jack, Jack's come flying in off the top two. Pole! Like, I don't know, Jack's probably seven to five. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an issue <laughs> as he gets older. But uh, he's, he's, he's brutal and uncompromising, Jack, and it is absolutely no surprise to me. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, now, how do, we're going to put all the links there to Brumanity, but how does the average punter get involved with uh, with what you're doing? Is it just a matter of going to the hotel and having a couple? It, it it pretty much is, but if you go to um, brumanity.com.au, you can follow us on links to see which of the pubs that are involved. But we've got, as I say, we've got about 35 pubs around Victoria. That what are, kind of beer are we talking about? We've got this one, we've got a whole stack of different beers, but this one is our draft, so we've made it an easy drinking style um, draft. We've got the Big Freeze draft, yeah. so it's pretty easy to, to work <laughs> out what it's, what it's for, this one. Yeah. It's just uh, for a limited release, obviously, for this time. But we've got a whole stack of different pale ales and IPAs and things like that for the craft yeah. beer drink as well but um but no this one's a really easy drinker um we've got our uh, i'll plug our mouth of the south Absolutely. beer that we've, we've got going around at the moment as well in igas and uh celebrations and all those stores so if you find brumanity beer go and grab one it's uh it's a good drop absolutely we'll have the uh the mnd beanies on swanny's a past grade of the mnd slide what number again 62 62 and good luck uh monday appreciate thanks, it guys thanks, thanks for having me go dees Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.